I want to give people hope that regardless of your current situation, whether you're trying to treat yourself with being your own pharmacist through drugs or alcohol, or if your children or child is just spiraling, don't give up. That's the key thing. Don't give up on this process or journey because at times you feel like you want to. Hey friends, you're listening to the Victor Marks Podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations facing life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive into today's show. On today's show, we pick up where we left off last week as Victor continues his conversation with Dr. Meg Meeker and focuses on the conditions of PTSD in American families. In this episode, Victor expounds on some of the symptoms of PTSD and trauma that may show up in people's lives, the aspect of shame that can come with it, and how this is an epidemic in both the church and the world that can be overlooked far too often. So let's tune in to today's discussion with Dr. Meg Meeker and Victor Marks. Well, Victor, thanks so much for coming back and talking with me about PTSD in American families. Yes, it's a privilege to be able to visit with you and hopefully encourage and give some folks hope. Yes, yes. So you experienced PTSD because you experienced abuse at the hands of one of your stepfathers, tremendous amount of abuse. And as you said um, in our last podcast, that drove you to do a lot of uh, self-harm and and kind of self-destruct, and then your life changed. And a lot of families in America, you know, you talked about working with uh, refugee women and children in Syria and Iraq, but there are many parents uh, listening in, in the U.S who experienced PTSD, either as adults or children. Can you explain what the symptoms of PTSD are and how somebody would know if they have it? You bet. We just finished a film called Triggered 2, T-O-O. We made two films, one for a military version and one for civilians. And people can actually go to triggeredthemovie.com and watch it free or one of our social media platforms. Mm. Trauma affects all people to varying degrees. Most people associate the term post-traumatic stress disorder with the military, but it also affects, you know, our first responders, police, you know, EMT, fire that are in because the human mind can only take so much. The psyche can only take so much before it starts to reflect what it's encountered. When we start talking about conditions or behavioral patterns or whatnot, I tell people this, PTSD can come for just a moment and you can work through it. Mm -hmm. Or if it stays for a longer period of time and it starts to affect you, then your behavior will tell on you. A lot of people often hypervigilant, you know, if you've experienced abuse or been in situations like we talk about combat Mm -hmm. or, you know, I mean, I was in Mosul during the liberation against ISIS on a couple of occasions, being shot at, mortared, that affects you, right? But think about America, the number of shootings, the number of violent acts, the number of kids and gangs, violent deaths, but even rape and abuse, whatever will affect the mind Oh, sure. uh, in a way that it's hard to process. People start seeing, you deal with moodiness, you deal with fear, anxiety, 
panic attacks. Did you know that Harvard did a study that was trying to figure out why some mm-hmm. veterans actually mm-hmm. have more acute PTSD than others? And they found a direct link to childhood abuse because as a child, you can't process when bad things are happening. You try, but, but you can't. Exactly. And one of the things that I try to impress on parents as well is that, well, a couple of things. You know, first of all, you can have PTSD by watching things, not necessarily experiencing Yes. So a child who watches a mother get beaten, a child who watches um, dad driving around drunk, a child who watches painful, frightening situations at home will have PTSD as well, even though they didn't themselves get abused. The other thing with children is this, when they experience bad things in their home, because they can't process it, like you were saying, and go, gee whiz, my dad is acting badly, or gee whiz, you know, my dad shouldn't hit my mother. A child, because they're very egocentric, believes that there's something they can do to change it. And so they come to believe that it's their fault, they need to do something, and they take this enormous burden on. And you can't explain that out of a child until they're an adult. And that's why a lot of kids who'll go through a divorce, watch their parents divorce, blame themselves because they genuinely believe in their heart because of where they are developmentally that they can change the situation. So when you have this kind of trauma, children had the extra level of, I should have gotten away. I should have not made my stepfather do that. I should have behaved better. That just takes the PTSD, from what I see, that much deeper and harder to reconcile in children. Has that been your experience? Agreed with you 100%. And as someone who's suffered as a kid, abuse, you think, you know, the statistics vary, but one in three girls would be sexually assaulted by the time she's 18, one in five to, or six boys. That's an epidemic. Yeah. I mean, if you're in a room or in a church setting or work, there's people who've been abused, whether sexually and physically, emotionally, and they're, they're going to start to not respond appropriately but they tend to react. And I tell people, when you're reacting far greater than the offense, then something's driving you to that. And and people know it too. I remember when I was in the Marine Corps, I was in the chow line and some guy, he just stepped on a boot. We were close and you know, I'd spit on my boots or whatnot. And when he stepped on me, I took a tray it was either plastic or metal tray and smacked him across his face. And he was a Marine. So, you know, he recovered quickly, but you know, people were like, Hey, what the heck? Mm. And I was like, Oh yeah. Don't step on my boot. Yeah. Completely, you know, disproportionate to the offense again, cracked across the face, even for a Marine. Right. I, I think a lot of times people don't like the behaviors that they have yeah. as they start getting older. I think about, even while they're younger, a 12-year-old girl whose stepfather had raped her, the mother actually walked in on it, called the police. You know, thank goodness he, he got sentenced to prison, but she was pulling her eyebrows out, her hair. I mean, she was violent outbursts, all these things that weren't characteristic for her. And the mother was trying to get help, but someone gave her my book. I think she read it twice, she said. And then watch my film. When I met with her, 
just as a friend, not a counselor, just because of a physician in the area said, Vic, if you could really just meet this gal. When I did, we talked about a few things. I helped just kind of course correct the direction they were going, hearing the symptoms. And do you know, two weeks later, in that particular case, they called us and said she got off all of her meds. And now, you know, she's in high school and she's applying to go to uh, West Point. So I want to give people hope that regardless of your current situation, whether you're trying to treat yourself with being your own pharmacist through drugs or alcohol, Mm. or if your children or child is just spiraling, don't give up. Mm. That's the key thing. Don't give up on this process or journey because at times you feel like you want to. And, And crazy thoughts don't make you crazy. Right. That's a great line. You're absolutely right. Crazy (laughs) thoughts don't make it crazy. Because if crazy thoughts did, I I would, we'd be having a pretty wild podcast interview right here with with me, you know. So just for parents can really sort of drill down on this because I I really want to help parents recognize whether they might have PTSD and then also what to do in helping their children and their children have it. If a parent is feeling sort of hypervigilant or they're always on guard looking for somebody to hurt them or they're always on edge or they're a parent who's sort of really hard on their kids or really militant on their kids or they're yelling at the kids or in other words they're they're taking things out on family members that are really disproportionate to the offense of the other family member i'm thinking of you know fathers who might go off the rails because their son, you know, made a mess in the kitchen and and now he's grounded for a whole month or the dad's screaming or nightmares or just this irritability that feels sort of out of control. If a parent were feeling like, gee whiz, you know, maybe I have some unresolved trauma in my life. What would you recommend for that parent, Victor? What would be the next step? I would say have the courage to just do a self-assessment. Mm. Sit down with a, a piece of paper and a pen or get on your laptop and start trying to remember things in your life that cause you stress. And keep going back until you, you write down a car accident or, yeah, I watched my dad beat my mom as a kid. Just keep writing down memories and and things mm. that bother you. Just write them down. Don't try to process. Just No matter how big or how small. Because PTSD in one person, one person may call trauma, you know, being told they were stupid over and over by a parent. They may say, well, that wasn't really trauma, but it was trauma. So it doesn't have to necessarily be, oh, I was beaten or I was raped. It could be constant criticism. It could be fear. Yeah. Many things, correct? Absolutely. And here's the deal. When you start talking about PTSD or trauma, this is not an issue of spirituality, whether you're spiritual enough. It's not whether you're brave enough, because trust you me, I have friends and colleagues that have done things people can't even imagine regarding hunting monsters down. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, you can't judge them because of their lack of courage or anything. Uh, It's the way your mind responds to trauma. And it's actually appropriate responses to the craziness you saw or went through. And getting it reset and changing some patterns of thinking and, and getting help. That's the next step. But but first, just start writing stuff down. Be reflective. If you're a Christian, ask the Lord to help you. You know, say, God, 
why do I act like this? What, what am I not remembering or not wanting to remember or minimizing? I remember a friend of mine, he was actually a, a pretty well-known TV personality. We were talking, and he was a larger-than-life guy. But he said his dad, on the way home, pulled the car over and told him, Son, I will never leave your mom. We don't get along good, but I will never leave your mom. And then he said two weeks later, his dad left. And for him, he just couldn't reconcile it. He could, like you said earlier, what could he have done different? Couldn't stop it. Couldn't, and that just destroyed him as a young kid. Never to trust. Never, you know. So we, we live in a pretty fallen world. And if God and Christ didn't have the ability to redeem the evil and the injustices of life, I'll tell you what, it would be absolutely, it'd be hopelessness here. So, but with God and Christ, his word, with people who help, doctors, counselors, great books or films that have been written so people can get help, there is hope and there's help and people just need not give up. And that's what I really want to encourage listeners. You know, PTSD comes in all sort of flavors and shapes and sizes and colors and there is treatment, there is help, there is hope. And this is coming from, you know, a man, if, if people didn't listen to the first podcast, you've seen incredible evil. I mean, you've seen darkness most of us have never seen when you work with a women and children who have just escaped the hands of ISIS, who've been raped and mutilated and, and, and harmed. And even go and see help and hope and healing in people who have PTSD on a completely different level. And if it works and God is there to help them, certainly we can in the United States who have PTSD of of different sorts can equally find the same amount of help and hope. Absolutely. Remember, getting help from trauma, it's about freedom. It's about freedom. Jesus came to set the captives free, not only physically, because we've seen that happen, but emotionally. Emotionally. Yeah, and that's the deal. I want people never to give up or stay stuck in a pattern of just craziness that ebbs the life from them, that robs them of what what it should be. Again, they can watch one of our films that are online free that will give so much information. It shares stories of real people from the military and civilians, moms to children. And and it gives the different approaches what has worked for different people, right? Because it's definitely not a one-size-fits-all. But I encourage people to go to TriggerTheMovie.com or just VictorMarks.com and, and follow the links because that is an unbelievable starting point. And even if there's a parent listening who thinks, I don't know if I have PTSD, watching your movies and learning about what you do can really help them figure that out, right? Because I think uh, many people grow up and minimize trauma. Oh, that's not a big deal. And I think perhaps boys do it more than girls. I'm not sure because girls, as they, as they go through childhood and teenage years, we talk to other girlfriends. What do you think? What do you think? My dad said this, my mom said this, but boys tend to sort of hunker down and internalize all of that. And I think that a lot of times as children, we, we say, well, you know what, that's not a big deal, or that wouldn't have bothered my brother. Why in the world should it bother me? It doesn't matter. Our hearts are wired to feel. And as you said earlier, when the feelings 
are too intense or they're too persistent or we're just overwhelmed with feeling your 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 brain kind of shuts it all down and said no 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 we can't do this anymore it goes into survival mode and so you you really withdraw or things become depersonalized or whatever or shut, shut down. down and that's that's really where the PTSD gets you because it's living with PTSD that is not healed or resolved is really like living in an emotional and mental prison right the problem is people don't know they're in the prison until they say sometimes like you said just sitting down and taking out a piece of paper and taking out a pen but even for some people just doing that exercise could be terrifying because they don't want to look back and see what they need to see Right. Well, case in point, my wife and I, when we were engaged, she sent out the wedding invitations. She came and um, she came to my apartment. And I never forget, you know, this is exciting and da da da. And I wasn't having any response. I went from being this loving, romantic, excited guy to just flatlined. And she asked me, she said, What's wrong? Are you getting cold feet? And I said, Eileen, I, I don't have cold feet. I don't, I don't feel anything. I don't feel anything, joy, happiness, Mm. sadness. I can't feel. Mm. And she was so stunned. And you know what? That was the first time that I said, all right. She goes, baby, you you need to talk to somebody. And sure enough, it went back to my mother when I was in seventh grade. My mother, bless her heart, she got drunk, had a fifth of whiskey in her hand, walking down the hall of our small little house to, to go out with a potential suitor. She grabs me by my shirt, pulls me real close to her, and she said, don't ever trust women. They'll just use you and leave you. And then she pushed me against the wall. My head hit the wall, which kind of concreted everything in. And I remember saying, yes, ma'am. To me, that was a sound wisdom sacred from my mom to a little boy's heart. So here I am. Going to get married, and, and that's what I remembered. <laughs> and you can't feel for your wife. And I will tell you, Victor, there's so many women that feel that way towards men. Oh, yeah. Because there's fear. Mm-hmm. Men don't have, the, I think, the fear of being physically hurt by women. No, right, right, right. Many women, they don't want to admit it, but it's true, live with the fear of, you know, we feel very vulnerable physically right. to men. And this is what I try to tell a lot of teen girls dating. Look... That's the way it is. This guy's fifty pounds heavier than you. He has, right. you know, he has testosterone, and his muscles are bigger. And there's this real fear. And then you go to have an intimate relationship with this person in marriage, and all the red flags come out and go, uh, 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 uh. No, we don't. You're not going there. And a lot of it is because of maybe PTSD or messages that we were given loud and clear from our parents to us as kids. It's like, no, you don't go there. Right. You know, my wife is a good example of that. She saw her mother. My wife's the baby of eight kids, right? She's actually a twin, but her father was a Marine and had been in combat and he was a horrible drunk early in life. And she would listen and watch him beat her mom. And she would always in her little child heart say, fight him back, fight back. Mm -hmm. Never happened. So when she gets married, you know, and we have any type of confrontation, she was aggressive toward me. Right. Um, I mean, she's going to stand up for her mom. And it actually took her sitting down and talking through that to go, oh, my gosh, I've, I've been redirecting or transferring my anger from my dad on you, Victor. Yes. And I'm fighting for my mother. So it's very complicated. 
But Victor, I think the message to many of our listeners is many of us, most of us sort of reenact a lot of that on a major scale or a minor scale. We do it with our spouses and we do it with our children. And when we do that, it's not fair to us and it's not fair to our families because we're, we're living out the pains and the sins of childhood. This has just been a wonderful, wonderful time. Victor, I could sit here and I could ask you questions for a couple more hours too. (laughs) One of the things that we didn't even talk about that our listeners don't know is that you are an exquisite master martial arts guy. I don't know what the highest level of martial arts is, but I know that you're head above uh, Chuck Norris. And in my book, that's a pretty big deal. And I, I, I know that you're an outstanding martial artist. And I would encourage everybody, if nothing else, if you don't want to listen to your wisdom, at least go and, and YouTube you taking guns out of people's hands. It's really like something people have never are going to see that's just sort of an aside. But Victor, there's so many people that I know would like to hear more from you and watch your movies and read some of the things. So can you tell our listeners how they can find you? You bet. We're all over social media. And if they just Google fastest gun disarm man, between everything, I guess we're over 100 million views. Some of them may have already seen it and not know yeah. it's uh, it's us. And uh, and actually, I learned that gun disarm from Chuck Norris, so he's ah. he's like the legend. <laughs> yeah, we we use it to get people's attention and then share things that matter to help make champions in life. But they can always go to victormarks.com for our website. Or, you know, any, again, any of the social medias, we're on Facebook, Instagram, all of that. So would love to hear from people, love to help them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, God bless, Godspeed. He is doing great, great things for you. And I really, as I said, I encourage everybody, check out your materials, either if they suspect they have PTSD themselves or in their children, or if they're interested in helping you help uh, the women and children who are just been freed up from the horrific hands of ISIS. Victor, thank you so much for being with me. Thank you, Dr. Mika. This has been great. I look forward to visiting. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time, 